0: This is Silent Angels, a podcast that is dedicated to parents who lost their children, and the children we love. I'm your host, Helen Lucas's mom. Joining me today is Amy, Gianna Rose's mom. Welcome, Amy.
1: Well, it's an honor to be here and participate in this beautiful mission you have of honoring your son through these podcasts. Um, I'm excited and eager to share with you a little bit more about my journey.
0: Thank you, Amy. It's so great to have you. I know you do many, many things, including running a beautiful blogging site called Life Outside the Lines. I will ask you to share more about this site a little bit later. Would you mind sharing with our listeners a little bit about you and your beautiful family? Sure. Um, Dave
1: and I, we've been married for almost five years. To build our family after, uh, our marriage. And I found out I was pregnant about three months after our wedding and for the first ultrasound, and the child didn't have a heartbeat. So that was um, sort of a rough start into building our family. And then I got pregnant six months later. It was a pretty normal, uneventful pregnancy, and I'll go in. I went into labor with our daughter, Gianna Rose, and um, due to some problems during our labor, he was born with severe brain damage and lived for only four days. So that was our second child, and then I got pregnant um, after losing her six months later, and we have now a two-year-old boy Named Lucas actually so that's a little bit about our family
0: that's wonderful don't you love the name Lucas that's my favorite boy's
1: name I loved it too yes it means I think it means light or light bearing
0: you're absolutely correct it means light that's why I choose that name my son definitely lit up my life and he still is So, tell us a little more about your angel, Gianna Rose. She was born on April 20th, um,
1: 2015. I went into labor on my due date, Um, so she was full term. And I followed everything that I was told regarding laboring at home and when to call our midwives. Um, So I finally checked in once my contractions were regular. After they examined me in the hospital, they said I was about eight centimeters dilated, and within a few hours, I would have this baby. I noticed some red flags during my labor and delivery, to make a long story short, and severely deprived of oxygen during an extremely long and excruciatingly painful delivery. About six hours of pushing, I asked for a C section. Uh, she was born unable to breathe on her own and completely brain dead. Four days of intense observation and tests and EEGs. uh, We realized she wouldn't really be able to ever survive on her own. She passed away in our arms on April 24th, four days later on 2015. She would be three and a half right now. So that's a little bit about her story.
0: I'm so sorry to hear that. Probably a little difficult to ask, but do you have some uh, best memories about your little angels?
1: Yeah, I like the question that you asked because it made me to remember some of those moments that I had with her. Basically, the happy memories I have of Gianna are during my pregnancy of carrying her inside of me. I remember feeling her kicks and her hiccups every night. I loved. um Sort of talking to her on my daily walks around the neighborhood after work. Great memories of my baby shower, where um, I felt that she and I were showered with love and everyone was joyfully anticipating her birth. Love seeing her wiggle and move in all of her sounds. So those would be my memories of her.
0: Beautiful. Yeah, I had a similar. It's about the Lucas too, it's like you, I had a very easy pregnancy, that was the best gift a son to a mom and both basically worry-free pregnancy and for that we're so grateful for our children As difficult as this whole process is, what are some of the things you did or you are currently doing that you found this helpful with your grieving process?
1: A little over three years since her death, I remember in the first weeks after her death, her funeral, I just took a trip. We took a trip for two weeks. Very good to get away from all of the triggers and have space to grieve freely and together. I remember in those first few months, the loss of a child is so devastating, like just surviving can be a huge task. Like, you know, the waves of grief during those first few months were constantly drowning me. Um, so I just focused on sort of like the basics, like, you know, taking a shower, or brushing my teeth, eating a healthy meal, moving my body, drinking water, um, going to bed, getting out of bed. I know those can seem trivial, but in those first stages of grief... Um, they seemed like a huge accomplishment. So I think during the tense stages, I just tried to treat myself with gentleness and just focus on the basics. In the months following, we were actually preparing for a cross-country move from, we were at the time living in Washington DC and we were moving to Denver. So it helped me to have like a project to focus on, draft me in a healthy way. Um, But I just tried to let the grieving process like take its course. Um, I would cry when I needed to, I would get angry when I felt like it, I would basically just like let my emotions flow. Also, try to get out in nature to breathe fresh air and just sort of cry uninhibited. Writing a lot in my journal to process my thoughts more easily. I would read a lot, a lot of baby loss blogs and articles. It Mm -hmm. educated me, but it also validated all of my feelings during that time. um, Spend a lot of time just talking to my husband about it because we felt so alone in our sadness there really wasn't a lot of other people to talk to although we did go to a grief therapist which helped immensely and go to therapy weekly and it's been three years the grieving process can be extremely draining so we just have to make it a top priority to you know take care of ourselves in in whatever way that or however that looks like for each person
0: and i can totally relate to you i just passed away I didn't know that I have so much tears inside myself that, you know, I just constantly pouring it out in that early process, like you described. And sometimes, some days really hard to get to the daily routines. Like you mentioned, it can be a real challenge because for some days, you probably just want to crawl in bed and just crying, not you want to do anything. And that's, that's hard. I understand the thing you didn't mention is you are writing or I should say you're managing a beautiful blogging site to share your thoughts and um, you know, your feelings and also offer great advice to other people. I mean, I read your blog site constantly. Um, Your website has a very interesting name. It's called Life Outside the Lines. Uh, How did you pick the name? Oh, sure. Yeah, I'd love the blog is Life Outside the Lines.
1: Writing it on her year anniversary, like her first birthday, we just find journaling very healing but i felt like not many people knew the details and the circumstances of her death and i really wanted to bring awareness to medical negligence and um share her story and honor her through that so we chose life outside the lines because i think like mostly everyone you know dave and i we met we fell in love you know, we got married and we had exciting plans for our future, like picturing a normal happy life together, um, what you might call a perfectly colored print. And then life got very messy, got married because we lost two children very quickly. So this loss, trauma, and grief were just, you know, words a few years ago, and, and they were now part of our daily life. So I guess we in general, as did we, have like rosy ideas of what life will be like. And some some people's lives, like ours, were shattered by terrible tragedy. Painting. Um, trying to, I think these strict lines were our ideas of what life would and should be. You know, our hopes and our dreams. And that sort of got um, destroyed, if you want to say it that way. So now we're trying to make... Um, Make sense and make find beauty in this messiness.
0: Long roundabout way of explaining <laughs> it. No, no, don't worry. That's a beautiful way to explain it. I like how you're trying to uh, give the analogy of the painting, and I, I'm sure many people. Uh, in this process, including myself and my husband, we are similar in your situation that terrible things happen to us. We live our ordinary little happy lives, right? We didn't really think anything bad could happen, especially we're in 2018, right? I mean, with all the medical advances, yeah. you, he- you hear about it all the time that, you right. know, babies who were born at the 24 weeks are still alive and uh, growing up to be a healthy adult. So you never right. think anything bad could happen, especially when you're already in the hospital.
1: Of course, so, yes. Right? <laughs>
0: These kind of things happen to us. It's an unbelievable tragedy. What are some of the things through your process Some of the things other people have done either said or did to you that you and your husband find comforting and helpful.
1: Great question. Um, Most helped us. Um, People just listening to our story, giving us the space to talk and cry. Even um, us seeing them cry with us did upon this question. It's not so much um, what they particularly said. Uh, I think it was just the environment they created to allow us to feel whatever we were feeling in that moment, that we felt loved and accepted by them. I also liked it when people just stated sort of the obvious, like, oh my gosh, this is so horrible. What a nightmare. I just wanted people to be real with us in the space for us to be ourselves and grieve and for us to feel loved and accepted in that. I also helped when people admitted that they didn't know what to say, or they said that, you know, whatever they might say will fall short. I think this is just another example of being real because in such horrible, I think, moments of tragedy, I mean, even myself who's experienced pretty intense tragedy, it's just hard to find the words, you know, and you know, whatever you will say can't take away their pain or Console them in the way you want to. So I guess just just being real was the most helpful and comforting thing for me.
0: Right. I couldn't agree with more that being real, people just be with me, be silent rather than right. have them say the wrong things, right? Right, right. If they don't know what to
1: say, then just, you know, admit that and just give us a hug. I love little gifts, too, little items, and I think one of the greatest gifts is uh, when people go and visit our daughter's grave and send us a picture, because we live, you know, over 2,000 miles from her, and it's very difficult for me to be away from her. She's buried in Maryland, and we live in Colorado. What would seem as, like, very simple, going to visit her grave, clean it up, leave some flowers, to me, also, that, that means the world
0: so sweet yeah i hope people who are listening and will remember that to make sure to to go visit the gina rose um, as often as they can if you do not mind me asking what brought you guys to colorado great question we actually husband
1: was uh studying for psychology in Virginia and that's where we met and his last year of the program is an internship so he was assigned to an internship in Denver Colorado they get matched so we actually didn't choose to live out here we got sent out here which I think in hindsight was so perfect for us because it was very hard for us to live in the city where our daughter died and to have all those, those triggers around us. And Colorado has uh, been very good to us. It's so beautiful and it's allowed us to heal. And it's also, it contains a lot of baby loss support in such a tragic time for us. So we are here to stay.
0: <laughs> We're so glad you are here because the advice you share through your blog and through the support meetings, that just is so helpful for other grieving parents. Uh, like me. Join me today is Amy, Gianna Rose's mom. At the time of this recording, Amy lost Gianna Rose about three years ago. Today, Amy maintains a website called Life Outside the Lines. Through her writings, Amy honors Gianna Rose and also offers wisdom to help other grieving parents. Welcome, Amy. Are there any examples of things you wish others didn't say or do to you? Yeah, that's a good question too. um, some
1: you know the typical cliches and to resort to um like oh, you know God has a greater plan, everything happens for a reason, um like he's in a better place. At least she's not suffering anymore. Or sometimes like, oh, I know how you feel. You know, my dog died or something like that. That's not quite a a good comparison. And I feel even if you child that died, you don't know how that particular person feels. Exactly. losing, Losing their child. So yeah, that phrase, I know how you feel. I don't think it's very helpful. What really helped me was people being real So I think it's important to improve like our grief communication by eliminating these cliches with more like real and precise responses. Like what would you want to hear if your child died? Be more, I think, tick and more personalized, I think. Like distance and silence aren't good either. Uh, I think some people are are silent for fear of bringing up the hurt again or they want to avoid talking about the situation, so they just sort of withdraw. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important, you know for people to you know write that email or send that card, make that phone call, show up at the funeral, visit the bereaved, um, ask them how they're doing because. I, I, I like this one phrase um, by Elizabeth Edwards, but it's, it goes, if you know someone who has lost a child or lost anyone who's important to them, and you're afraid to mention them because you think you might make them sad by reminding them that they died, they didn't forget they died. You're not reminding them. What you're reminding them of is that you remember that they lived, and that is a great, great gift. So I would just say, when in doubt, you know, reach out or say something
0: it actually make us feel i don't want to use the word happy but it, it's comforting that we can talk about their lives we can talk about who they are and how we remember them people who never experience loss of loved ones do not understand this so if anybody's listening, I hope you take this away from this podcast is it's okay. And actually it's highly encouraged to reach out to your friends or families who lost their loved ones. We want to hear from you. We want you to grieve with us. We want to just sit there listen. Let us talk about our loved ones. Let us share with you our best memories. And that is very, very important. That's the biggest favor you can do for us is to help us with grieving process is to listen
1: not be afraid to ask us, you know, how we're in or of our memories with our loved one.
0: Right. This is a great conversation. One last question for you. You mentioned about the self-care for grieving parents. Can you just, in this uh, last few minutes, give the parents who are still grieving advice about what are some things they should do in terms of self-care and why is that so important?
1: I think for me, self-care, sort of like this, that being a feeding tube, it sort of drains you constantly. Unless you replenish yourself, you yourself will deteriorate, but you also won't be available for your loved ones. If you have, you know, children or your husband or your partner, uh, take care of yourself in that sense. Um, Mental self-care is possibly the most important form of self-care. What do you mean by that? Uh, I think it's like as we get older, we become you know, more set in our ways of thinking and seeing the worlds and ourselves in certain ways. Um, so I think some of us might get into these patterns of thought that aren't extremely helpful. So we need to I think we keep a healthy state of mind. Um, mm-hmm. And for me, that looks like Remembering that self-care isn't selfish. It's taking time to replenish yourself so that you can, in turn, live a healthy, vibrant life, um, which honors your deceased child, and you have something to give to others, like I mentioned before. Um right. for, for me, that also looks like checking in with ourselves regularly. I think the busyness of life can distract us from our own selves, like how we feel, what we're thinking, where is our heart. So just taking some time to ask yourself how you're doing, what you're feeling, what you're thinking can give us tremendous insight into our world and ourselves. And for me, it's taken time to learn, but um, I think mental self-care involves um, being compassionate towards oneself. So not to judge yourself for what you're feeling or thinking, not to beat yourself up because you're feeling a certain way and think that you shouldn't. So instead, just to be mindful of whatever you're feeling. And that just means like to pay attention um, on purpose to your experience with an open, non-judgmental attitude and sort of just let it be. I think it's like treating yourself with kindness as you would a good friend. Um, And then I think lastly, uh, this is what I, it's sort of like my mantra, but if it doesn't feel right or you don't want to do it, don't do it. I think sometimes, um, like Mm. saying no to others means saying yes to yourself. Um, and I think, you know, grieving is very draining. Um, and some people like to stay busy. So we're distracted, but, um, I think it's just putting yourself as a priority in your weekly schedule. And and then once you've made your decisions to say yes to yourself, this, you know, mental self-care includes not feeling guilty or apologizing to people for your choices. I'm a people pleaser, so this is a little bit harder for me. In a sense, we all are, but it's also very draining to be a people pleaser. So... Anyway, sorry to go on and on. Those are just a few ideas.
0: No, no, don't apologize. Those are great advice. Like I mentioned, you wrote a wonderful blog post about it. And if people, whether you are grieving parents or if you know a grieving parents of grieving families who like to know more about self-care, really should check out Amy's blog. Uh, Amy, can you give us the website of your blog again?
1: Sure, sure. It's just
0: lifeoutsidethelines.com. I personally check it out regularly just to uh, get some wisdom and advice from Amy. She's such a wonderful resource. We're so glad to have you in Colorado for so joining me today to share your experience. Oh, you're so welcome, Helen. It's an honor to be here and to share with you. Thank you. Silent Angels podcast is produced by Helen Rowley and Susan Joe. edited by Susan Zhou, Music for this show are provided by audioblogs.com. Our website address is oursilentangels.org. If you are a grieving parent or you know a grieving parent who wants to be interviewed or if you just want to send us your comments or questions, please email us. Our email address is oursilentangels.org at gmail.com thank you for listening